Attention radio listeners. Ooh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please, get me out of this game. You weren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Bayheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention with Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. And good morning, uh, Eton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays with Centers of Attention, and it is a beautiful Friday with uh, uh, an exciting weekend of action. We got big series in baseball. We got opening day. I guess you should say opening weekend uh, in the NFL. And uh, Eton, you know what I loved about the NFL? You don't even have to play a game, <laughs> and you got all kinds of fireworks, excitement, fights. Uh, you know, it's it, they should start their own reality show. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, who? What's the old joke? I I went to a fight and a football game broke out. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's uh, a lot going on definitely <laughs> in the news in the NFL. <laughs> and uh, but you know, it's it's uh, it always. You know, you go through stages where uh, you know. Now I think it's the wide receivers who are the prima donnas, right? I thought we were kind of done with that, with uh, uh, you know, with the Mike, we are the Michael Irvins and uh, uh, you know some of the some of that group who had retired Terrell Owens, uh, but now it seems like we got a little uh, little wide receiver action back in the news. Yeah, but there's a lot with it though. You want you want to break it down? Tell everybody tell everybody what's going on. Even though that's all they've been talking about today on the news, every channel is Antonio Brown. But break it down a little bit about what's going on. Well, well, first of all, you, you got to kind of start at the beginning of the summer. You know, here one of the top receivers in the league, maybe the top receiver in the league, mm-hmm. uh, you know, works his way out of Pittsburgh, gets traded to Oakland, and as you know, Oakland, uh, you know, back to the Al Davis, Syracuse Al Davis days. Uh, for the ownership is known for that you know place to go when you know you got some you know rough around the edges guys who find a way to come together and play. It's always been that that kind of spot. And uh, so AB shows up. You know they're super excited. They trade a couple of high draft picks, third and fifth round draft picks to get him, sign him to a big contract, and then it just never got going. He started off with kind of thing after thing. His first. Big problem is he went and got a cryotherapy treatment, and I guess he wore wet socks and he froze his feet, uh-huh. uh, so he couldn't show up for any of the workouts because his the, like the bottom the bottoms of his feet peeled off. Uh-huh. Then he ended up having this thing with his helmet. The uh, you know the NFL is you know as has certainly been reported on is doing everything they can to minimize injuries, especially head injuries. Uh, they've uh, started to regulate and improve the equipment. Uh, helmets was being a specific one. But A.B. wanted his old helmet that had not well, been well, certified. Well, wait, wait, wait. To his, to his defense on that one, I mean, yeah, they've been doing a lot, but it's not like the concussions have been, uh, you know, dropping down and anything like that. So, I mean, no, he I, has I'm a reason I'm just saying, but the be... rule is they've been trying to upgrade the equipment. He wanted to keep his old helmet. Right. And well, his, he wanted to keep his, his he helmet. He wanted to do a special, qui- uh, special helmet that it's would kind of well, help his. Right. Well, right, right. originally it was he wanted his old helmet. The one, mm-hmm. but they, it was more than ten years old, so they wouldn't certify it. So right. then he found this loophole. Uh, well, so he filed a grievance. Then they found this loophole where it said, "Well, if even though it's the old model, if they get one less than ten years old, they think that would fit in the crack of the rule." So that he went on his this nationwide search and found a helmet that was only nine years old, and they mm-hmm. filed another grievance, and they wouldn't certify that one. Mm-hmm. So that became a big stink. But then he actually landed on his feet. A helmet company gave him an endorsement deal to make him this custom helmet. 
Right. And uh, so then he got this big endorsement deal out of it. So it was like we everyone thought that was the end of it. You know, we're getting close to the start of the season, and you know they're ready to you know make amends, hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Let's get back to work. You know, they uh, uh, getting ready. They got a great quarterback, and you know they thought that he would be like that piece that would move him to the next level. Uh, so now, right before opening day, you know that week he gets a letter from the GM that, oh, by the way, you 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 missed this mandatory workout with no excuse. You were missed training camp for no excuse. So here's your here's your bill for fifty four k and change in fines. Right. Right. And uh, so he threw a little tantrum over that one. Posted the letter on the internet, uh, you know, with some you know with some comments, and then got into a uh, you know. You know, stormed around, got into a fight, you know, a verbal fight, uh, not a fist fight, a verbal fight with the strength coach, and then ultimately had it out publicly with the GM. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the spam hit the fan, and now they've got, you know, three days to Monday night, the Monday night football opener against the Broncos, mm-hmm. and they're suspending them. Uh, it hasn't been determined what or who or how or how long. Is it a day? Is it a practice? Is it a week? Is it a. Uh, a year, but you know, so now all these other things come up. He's got a thirty million dollar signing guarantee bonus. Mm-hmm. Well, if they if he violates certain level of rules, then maybe that gets his contract gets voided. So that's one, you know, that that's one camp saying, okay, enough is enough. You know, football doesn't take much gruff from their, you know, from you know, players no matter who they are. And uh, so one camp saying, let's just get rid of them, get our money back, sue them for the for the signing bonus, and move on. The other camp saying, look, the guy's a great player, uh, and uh, you know, coach is kind of stuck in the middle, not knowing what to do. He's just trying to get, you know, get opening day, and uh, you know, but football because of you know, kind of the injury factor and other things, they just you know their culture is just move on. Somebody somebody's got an opportunity, so they're they're kind of now everyone's kind of stuck in the middle of this thing that's out there and uh you know right now it doesn't look like there's there's really any winners you know it's not like there's uh it doesn't know that there's a good guy in all this okay all right let's back up a little bit now that's we laid out everything but let's back up a little bit okay so let's back up all the way back to the helmet so with the helmet issue um there's a little bit more than just saying that he just wanted his own helmet you know with 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 football we've talked about it you know on the show a lot you know my my son wouldn't be allowed to play no football you know what i mean like it's just it's Uh just different there's a different level of safety issue and everything that he was talking about wasn't just that he wanted his own helmet just because he wanted a style or something like that it was a safety issue and he said that something and I, I can't break out in all the particulars but the old helmets and the way that they that they were constructed protected him a little bit more than whatever it is that was going on with the new helmets now yes the nfl well, went through all I the different what his issue was he said the visibility was better and, and the visibility right and, and, and that and contributed to that contributed to his being to able to move get his, out of the way protect without himself. being right 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 so so it all was a safety issue everything exactly. that that was one of so so but the nfl said well no this is our thing and we like this better and he wanted it more for, to to you know keep himself a little bit safer and more advantageous to him as a football player and and his his, his life before. so that that's that's one issue but but past that okay so he had a thing with his foot Okay, I don't know. I'm not an expert on cryotherapy or anything like that. He he sent them the pictures of his foot. I guess it was verified. They questioned if he was just trying to skip out, which which, which players are have a tendency of doing to not want to go to the to the um the the the, the mandatory slash optional workouts. I guess right. you know what I mean. I don't right. know how the NFL does that, but is 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 called optional, but you're supposed to be there. But anyway, regardless, he he ha- he got injured. Um, showed him the the foot the the uh, pictures, everything like that but i guess yeah, he there was posted some the pictures online so everybody saw online. 
It was pretty gruesome looking. I mean, it was. It looked uh, pretty bad to me. I ain't lo- no expert, like but like a it half didn't inch deep on the bottom of his foot had just like fallen off. You know, I mean, yeah, it was, basically, uh, it looked bad. So, but but so regardless, though that that didn't sit well with the the GM. And, you know, I guess he wasn't told then that he was going to be fined until later on. Um, And I guess that was some of the things that kind of, you know, I guess the communication happened. So when he did finally get the the fine, that's when he went from from Mike, uh, Mike Mayock. That's his name. uh, The GM, Mike Mayock. Exactly. That's when he went to social media, posted the letter. You know, he said, you know, I've 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 done everything right. I've shown, you know, this is my foot. You know what I mean? Everything like that. That's where it had. So when he came back to camp, I guess um, Mike Mayock. And him got into a little bit of a confrontation. And this is my this is my question here. And I want you you to you know let me let me let me let me go with this, but let me you know lay this out and you you tell me. So, you know, it sounds like to me um, that a little bit of the blame also has can be pointed at the GM Mike Mayock as well. And this is why I say this. And you tell me your reaction. So, first of all, Antonio Brown is your star player, number one. Um, he is basically um, unguardable type of a player, right? You've, right. you've had these type. You, the, everything is kind of you know built around him. You know what I mean? They gave him, they got, they got him the contract. They, you know, everything's kind of built around him. Like you said, they thought him and the quarterback was going to be this tandem, like to, to put them over. Like they're 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 a good team without him. They 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 move up plenty of notches with him because you really can't guard him. You know what I mean? Like he's that level of a player. So you know you have this level of player that was safe to say your franchise player, right? They're going to build the franchise kind of Absolutely. around him, right? Right. Absolutely. So so and, and and so you as a GM, what you choose to do is that you confront him publicly in front of the entire team and challenge him in, in a way that is definitely either either he has an option to to back down. And you know his personality because you've done all your homework with him and you know that he ain't no punk. You know what I mean? And he is right, confrontational right. just like you're confrontational. Like you know the personalities. So it was almost like the GM was trying to pick a fight with him. You know what I mean? In, in front of everybody. And then when he reacted the way that you knew that he was going to react because you know his personality, then you're ready. Then it kind of gives you an excuse to get rid of him. That's how I saw it. You know what I mean? And, and of course, there's a lot of, you know, the lessons in this because, no, he did not react the right way. You can't punch your GM. You can't punch your boss. You know what I mean? You can't punch your, somebody who's ahead of you. I understand that part. So he definitely didn't respond the right way. But, but well, just, did, to clear, Mike Mayock, just to be clear, you know I think I mean? he threatened to punch him. I just, he threatened just him. Got, no, no, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean. He, he, he actually punched him. Punch him. Just, so he, just you so can't, clear but, on that. But you can't even threaten to punch your boss. No, no, you I, know, I, just, I just want to make sure even, we got this fact straight. Oh, I yeah. got you. I got you. Right, right. No, you yeah. can't. You, but you can't threaten your boss. You can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? But um, is, was your boss really trying to kind of poke the bear a little bit in a way where you know him and you know this is a way to get him out of here because you know how he's going to respond? That's the first thing I thought of. You, you tell me your thoughts with that. Well, it's interesting because you know, we've, we've addressed this a few times that football has such a different culture. Than That's true. The other sports, right? Football mm-hmm. is like, you know, uh, much more all for one, you know, much more kind of tribal from the stamps of, you know, that everybody's in it together. And, and 
you know, especially like that quarterback wide receiver thing. They got to have ESP from, you know, working, doing routes together and reading each other's mind. And so, you know, on the one hand, it's, it's a different kind of mentality for football. And plus, you, we talked about this. You could be a star, five-time all-star, and they'll cut your ass over, you know, <laughs> you know a couple hundred grand in your contract. You get paid too Wait, much. wait, so, wait, wait. I don't know if you can say ass. Oh, sorry. Well, no, yeah, they cut the rest of you, yes. too. Including yes, yeah, exactly. I got you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so football is a different mentality, but I, I, I do agree that uh, you know they're they're not the most enlightened bunch. You know they're not all, like all Doctor Phil, uh, you know, great communicators, uh, caring, loving people. Um, so here's kind of where I'm going with it. So I could definitely okay. see your point of saying that whether it was intentional or just the way you know, the nature of look, I'm the GM. I gotta, you know, I gotta stand for me. I can't let you walk all over me. Right. And I'm Antonio Brown, and I'm not going to get punked or whatever. However you want to, you know, right. phrase it. You know, there's definitely right. some headbutting going on there. So like I said, there's definitely. no right. There's, I don't know that anyone's right in this deal. Mm-hmm. The best part going on is that. You know, he's got a great agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who's in the middle of this, and that's his job is to make sure these things don't get out of hand and don't get uh, to the point where it, it uh, you know, the guy's career is in jeopardy or, you know, the team season gets in jeopardy. You know, that's why, uh, you know, that's where he steps in. Look, I, I remember when I was with the, with Phoenix and we had you know, Barkley on the team and uh, Charles came and went when he felt like it. Uh, you know, he'd come in some days. <laughs> You know, we'd have a morning practice. He was in Vegas all night, comes in hungover, sleeps the whole practice on the training table. <laughs> and and some of the guys would be like, or he'd, you know, he actually, when he would come to practice, would be like, hey, you can work me as, as long as you want, but not as hard as you want. And he'd do the drills he wanted, and he'd sit on the side the rest of the time. Paul Westfall one time got called on it, and, and he said, look, when you can get me 25 and 15, you can come to practice hungover. But until that That's time, right. shut up. That's right. And so, Every team has so, that, though. So Every Charles team. had his set, and, <laughs> yeah. and everybody else had their set. And he and hey, Charles played when that when they threw the ball up. Man, nobody was was a bigger monster than Charles. So it was right. And, right. And, and a great guy on top of it. You know, he wasn't trying to. He was just you know happy go lucky. He wasn't uh, you know r- rubbing it in your face from that standpoint. He's a great guy to be around. But again, because he was Charles Barkley. He, you know, he could do what he wanted. So, uh, and and that was the team's position. And the players said, "Okay, that's uh, I got to take care of my business. We'll let the you know, coach and the GM deal with Charles's business." And and there was some, I mean, there were some minor issues because again, everyone's busting their behind well, since we can't say ass. I um, know, right? <laughs> and uh, and then Charles comes waltzing in in his in his uh, Doc Martens and his jeans and shoots free throws. You know, so. Uh, but hey, that but that's the pros. You're right. You're in the that's big. The you pros. got a guy who's that's that good. He, you know, uh, that that's what you get. So, so like like I said, this is this huge deal, and I think that at the end of the day, his talent is too good, uh, and then the you know he's got a great agent who's going to come in and and see if they can get this thing smoothed, smoothed out, and yeah. and uh, you know there'll be some type of. I don't know, kiss the ring moment or, or something mm-hmm. to get everyone, moment. <laughs> everybody saves face in the deal and right. off they go. But, uh, uh, you know, and plus, I mean, you know, as a player, you hate to see it because you want, you know, we're rooting for players, right? You want guys right, to succeed. Right, right. And we don't want guys, especially to get, you know, get boondoggled into something that's a personality conflict. And that's what it seems like happened. But I will say this, you know, right now he's the top of the game. Right now, he's the best player on the team. Now, Right now, they're really not the same team without him. But there is going to come a time when he slows down 
when he when he maybe battles a few injuries, you know what I mean? His skills diminishes as he gets older, and then all of a sudden, all of these issues and things like that that they put up with when he was a, when was the star of the team, they're gonna, they're going to become unbearable, and they're going to do him like kind of like what Philly did with Iverson. You know what I mean? I mean, they're just going to. Oh, we can't exactly, deal with this I, I, at all. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going. So he's either going right. to have to what's the word mature as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he's going to find his way out because again, that act only wears when you got, uh, you know, when, when you can put up. I mean, look at right. look at Terrell Owens, right? I mean, as much havoc as he's caused, uh, as long as he could play, teams put up with it. You know, right. when he, but remember, he thought he had five more years left when all of a sudden his phone stopped ringing, right? Uh, be, for that right. reason, because you know people didn't want to put up with it past the point where you're so dominant that we got to. Yeah. And uh, he's a guy who, uh, you know, don't know that actually matured. Uh, and I think you're seeing, you know, just look in the NBA right now with you got Carmelo on the one hand, you got Dwight Howard on the other hand, both mm-hmm. guys in that position. You know, Dwight Howard talking about how he's humbled and how he's coming back to L.A. and he's, you know, hit rock bottom. And now he's, you know, they're talking about all this behavior issues uh, that, the, you know, the team wouldn't give him a guaranteed contract for that. Right. He had to he had to toe the line behaviorally. And, uh, you know, so that's now him at the end of his career. You know, you and I are still scratching our heads on the Carmelo deal, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully that'll work out for him as, you know, as he's matured into that, uh, you know, good in the locker room. You know, look at mm-hmm. Vince Carter, 22 years, right? He turned into that good in the locker room guy. You remember when Vince was young, when he was Air Canada, there, there were all kinds of issues uh you know, right. locker room issues and stuff with him. So, so no, there's definitely a life, like a life cycle that, that players go through when they're young and full of juice and leading the league and dominating and, and all that. And then, you know, they mature. And look, I mean, you're talking about guys who are in their, you know, late teens, 20s, and, you know, uh, got it going on, right? And then they, mm-hmm. they grow, they mature, or they don't, right. and they find, they find the door. But I, I will say, I do think that this situation will work itself out. You know, I, I, I heard the, 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 the coach, John Gruden, talk about it, and he used certain words. He used, like, like I'm emotional about it. He's a great receiver, you know. But th- then he did give that backhanded comment, like you said, when we were off there, you know, deep down he's a really good guy. I'm like, okay, I don't know if you I, know what I mean. Deep down, I think he's a really good guy. I think yeah. he's a really good guy, right, right. But, you know, he ended up really – he ended by saying he really hopes it all works out. And John Gruden is the one who is driving this train. You know what I mean? He's he's the one who is – you know, sometimes it depends on that dynamic. So if the GM was really the one who was in charge, then I think he would kind of be out of there. But if, Exactly. If, if, but exactly. If All right, let's, let me the interrupt you there because we've got to go to a break. Right. We'll right, touch right, on right. this at the other side. Uh, Eton Thomas, Danny Shays, Centers of Attention. We'll be right back. This is Centers of Attention with Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back, Danny Shades, with Eton Thomas and Centers of Attention. And anytime to, to kind of follow up on where we were, because we, we were just getting to that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the coaches have such a big role in this as well. You know, it. Uh, you know, especially a guy like John Gruden. You know, some of these coaches are as or more powerful than the GMs, or are the GMs. Yep. Uh, I guarantee, if Bill Belichick wants a guy to play, they're going to find a way to get him to play. And uh, right. Uh, right, you know, and, and Gruden's got a lot of juice there with the team. So you know, I, I'm sure that behind the scenes, obviously, he has to walk the fine line that he's dealing with all the active players on a day to day basis. Uh, but I'm sure behind the scenes, he's sticking his nose in this as well. Oh, definitely. No question. I mean, I think it really depends on and what he decides. 
You know what I mean? I mean, and, and, and the GM and, and Brown doesn't have to necessarily get along, you know, and they don't have to kiss and make up. They, it just depends on what the coach says because in this situation, the coach is the one that's driving the bus. So, you know, it'll see. But there's a lot that's at stake with this because if, if, if Antonio Brown is not on the active roster for the first game, you know, then that puts them in a whole different driver's seat. So this could be a definite power move by them as well if they wanted to let it happen like that. Because if if he doesn't and just to, to make a play. So if the Raiders, you know, um don't have him on the on the on the roster, then none of his, his money is guaranteed except for the one million dollars that he got in the signing bonus. Correct? So so if he so if they then he becomes where they could cut him at any time after that and they don't have to pay him anything. That is well, and that's the, the power dynamic the, in football. Yeah, I think the signing bonus was the thirty, if I remember correctly. No, uh, no, no, no. I thought the, the signing bonus was the one million. I thought he got one uh, million in the signing bonus, and then the rest of it, you know, and I, I have it right here. And so, thirty so million was guaranteed. Then it's guaranteed, the, right? Okay, but gotcha, that, but gotcha. but it has. But the only but way it that it's guaranteed. Has, no, yep. no, the only way that it's guaranteed is if you're active on that first game of the season. This that's the weird stuff that happens in the NFL. So if they do if they do suspend him and he's not active, then that changes that whole dynamic of that contract. Exactly. So and, and well, it's funny is they both set the stage for that by labeling what he's doing as conduct detrimental to the team, which could trigger that clause, right, meaning right, to right. void his contract. But they've also left the other door open by saying, well, it's an indetermined suspension, and it, they haven't said if it's an hour, if it's a day, if it's a game, or what. So you know, they, they've kind of left the door open for both sides here. That's why I think at the end of the day, um, you know, barring some something catastrophic, uh, you know, they they want him on the field, not you know, I don't think want so the money, too. Don't want the money back. So you know, back in the day, this and by the way, this is not unusual. Uh, you know, it's that this happens. I, you know, there was you know back in the day in you know, my era, Alvin Robertson got into it in Detroit with their GM uh, Billy McKinney, uh, okay. Billy who was a former teammate of mine with the Nuggets and actually choked him. Uh, you know, got a, wow. you know, got a, yeah, got a, uh, uh, you know, really got the hand around the neck, and uh, you know, both guys who were players knew each other, you know, and so they got into it. And at the end of the day, Alvin got traded, you know, small suspension, uh, and his his uh, career ended up going on after that. He was near the end at that point, uh, regardless. But uh, I was at, at that time, I was in Milwaukee, so we were, you know, the next next town over. And the team was rebuilding, and I was really stuck at the end. You know, I, was, I had a good contract, but the team was all rebuilding. I wasn't playing much. And, and so one of the press guys asked me, uh, you, know, what, you know, what am I going to do? I said, well, geez, I don't know. Maybe I should choke the GM. That seems to work. <laughs> and uh, that's what uh, you said. <laughs> that's what I said. It ended up getting in the press, and bam, I got traded the next day. It was oh, uh, <laughs> come on, Danny. <laughs> so I got traded without even having to choke the GM. So Dang. Uh, so it was uh, it was it was kind of a win win. That's a well, you know, they were rebuilding. They were looking for a spot for me anyway. And that was one of those things you say, just kind of half snarky, half frustrated, half you know. It was actually kind of funny. Right. And oh, that's that's three halves. Can you have three halves? Anyway. Yeah, I hear um, you saying though. So, and, but it ended up, you know, getting out, and uh, boom. I, I mean, 
I mean, I don't think the echo died before uh, before they called me with a plane ticket. So, oh, it, it is amazing though how quickly that can happen when you when. But it all depends on who has the power dynamic. That that's all oh, depends. Yeah. And in, in this situation, he's lucky that the coach is the one with the power dynamic, and it seems like the coach likes him. So that is the only reason why he might have a chance. <laughs> well, all these you know, all these are so unique, you know, based on you know, guys the guy's age, his production, you, as you mentioned, who like who doesn't like him. Who who has the power, who's, you know, all that. So, so like I said, so I got my fingers crossed. I think that, uh, that at the end of the day, we're going to have a happy ending here. And, uh, I do too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, you know, Raiders Broncos, boy, that's, uh, that's always a great one. No matter which team is up and which team is down, that's, that's you Georgetown right there. So, right, so I'm right, looking right. forward to that. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back right after this with centers of attention, Danny Shays and Eton Thomas. See you in a minute. This is Centers of Attention with Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back. Eton Thomas here. I'm Danny Shays, and we are Centers of Attention. Uh, talking about the player's voice and, and the player's point of view and so many of these just fantastic issues on the field, both college and pro, obviously. Uh, here we are, both uh, Eton and I, Syracuse guys, talking orange part of the time and talking pros. And, and Eton, this is a subject uh, that we have kind of you know, touched on off and on uh, uh, you know, several times, and that is how the college game affects uh, you know, or how they manage their players, and how they, you know, how the big money sports support, you know, getting, you know, the players get nothing, and the small money uh, exploitation gets supported by that is the word you're looking for. Exploitation. That's the, exploitation. That's, and again, that, say exploitation. that's that's one way of looking at it. And there's a new bill out in California uh, that is, uh, you know, called the Fair Pay to Play Act. Right. And basically, what it does is designed to open up. Uh, the ability for college athletes to earn money without losing their eligibility. Now, it's not about paying college athletes. It's not money coming out of the programs to pay the players as right. pros, but allow them to benefit from their likeness, from their uh, time, maybe endorsement deal, maybe a, a commercial deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is something that, that you and I have gone kind of, uh, well, not back and forth because we're both in agreement that absolutely yeah, players should have this. <laughs> but course. finally, it's being... It's being put into a bill, and what's what it's, it's happened? You've got uh, an interesting now power struggle because it brings up issues like who has the authority to make these rules? Number one, right. and uh, you know what's the NBA's response? And you know now you got LeBron, LeBron James weighing in as uh, uh, you know guy who who before one and done could jump right from high school, but absolutely supports players the right uh, players right to earn money. But why? It should be a no-brainer. You know what I mean? That that a, that a that an athlete student can profit off of endorsements. Why? Why he's in? Uh, why he's at college? I mean, this should be a no-brainer. But also, this would incentivize players. And you mentioned it before on the show, and I agree with you 100. percent This would incentivize players to say to stay in school longer and not make that jump. You know, so early if they can earn a little bit while they're in college, and that would make the NCAA happy because they get to to have the player. player play in the NCAA longer like it should be a no-brainer you know what I mean and you know just look at just looking at at our team if if O'Shea was able to really you know to to get some endorsement deals or you know Ty you know Tyus was in another you know level so it was time for him to, to leave but when he saw the predictions and stuff like that it could have kept them there longer 
Do you know what I mean? This is a win. And all it is is, like you said, it's not taking away from the school. It's not doing anything. All you're able to do is to profit off your likeness. You're able to get an endorsement deal. You're able to sit there and, and say, hey, everybody, um, come to Bill Raps. You know what I mean? And then do a commercial yeah. and stuff like that and be able to get paid for it. That's all that it's doing. And it's, it's the fact that the NCAA pushes so hard, even against this, is just, you know, it, you know, it's I don't even know what the word is. Well, you know, it's funny because I spent a lot of time, as I mentioned before, I worked at an economics firm and did a very complete study on one and done and all the different factors. And the thing we focused in on was this concept of perverse incentives. Okay, And what does uh -huh. that mean? That means that uh, the NCAA and the NBA both want players to stay in college longer. For the NBA, they, you know, they get players who are more mature, who have a bigger brand, you know, who have more, uh, you know, more visibility when they come into the league. The NCAA obviously gets you know, what's known as you know, all the free labor. So both of them are incentivized to get players to stay in college longer. But all the rules force them out because players go to you know, play ball because they want to get into the pros to make money. And the only way to make money is to leave. And so to come up with a system that would correct that, would leave, make some incentives for players to stay, to me is a win-win. But, but here's kind of what's triggered on it. Number one is now you have on the, uh, you know, the, the NBA has to make a rule, right? One and done or, or you know, and it used to be the hardship rule back in the old days. You had to prove hardship to come right. out of college early. And, uh, and now, of course, they're still negotiating the age limit. Should it be 19? Should it be 20? Looks like it's going to go away completely again just because it's, Obviously, it's so hard to defend. Right. But now the NCAA is like saying, look, you guys, we, we can't let you leave. You pay all our uh, expenses for the other 28, 9, whatever it is, sports that don't right. make money. Right. So, uh, but now you got the players and you got these, these two organizations making rules for the players, but the players aren't represented. There's At no all. union for high school kids. There's no union right. for college kids. There, and you're not allowed to be represented or else you forfeit your entire career. So right. it's, it's really an interesting dynamic. So now you have... California stepping into the fray, saying that we want to make a law that allows players to get uh, or to earn money, not to get paid, but to earn money in college. Just like, you know, if, I, if I'm just a student, I can go get a job, right? Uh, nothing mm -hmm. to say that I can't work. Why should a player not be able to work? So they can earn money, they can hire an agent, they can do certain things without risking their eligibility. And so now the NCAA has stepped in and said, whoa, 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 whoa. This is our. This is our area you're stepping into. So we're going to – their threat coming back is to say, if you pass this rule, California, we're going to forbid all California schools from playing in the championships. No wow. NCAA tournaments, no this, wow. no that. <laughs> and so <laughs> – Right, so now you're in this quagmire of well, really, who has control over it? So we're we're past what's the right thing, right? I mean, uh, you know, the right thing is one conversation. What's good uh -huh. for the game is another conversation. But who has control is kind of the biggest conversation, right? And who's gonna, you know, who's gonna, uh, you know, handle the power in all this? Right, right, right. But it's but it's interesting, you know. Even as 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 personal, you know. Cause, so my wife, my wife Nicole, you know, before she got to Syracuse, and she played she played for the Syracuse women's team. So before she got to Syracuse, she did commercials. She did acting while she was living in L.A. She did Frosted Flakes commercials. She did McDonald's commercials. Right. So she accumulated all of this money before she got to 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 um to Syracuse. Right. But because of the rules, she could no longer profit from the running commercial while she was 
playing. She had to make a choice. Either she played ball or she allowed she to accumulate this money from a commercial of, of, of her, you know, playing ball with Tony the Tiger, which was right. before she even got to Syracuse. And she had to donate all the money. She couldn't keep any of it. That's ridiculous to me. Uh, uh, that is absolutely ridiculous to me. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's funny because you look at the flip side. I just saw this thing. Uh, it's reported on eBay today. Uh, uh-huh. I signed Zion Williamson. I don't even know what it's called. His is like high school card uh, is on, listed on eBay for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, Zion can't wow. get a penny of that. Not can't. Right? That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> now, I don't know what it'll sell for, but you know that's the value. You remember when when Johnny Manziel was in college? There was a big right. story that that the school uh, charged fifty thousand bucks for sponsors to sit at the table with him at the sponsor dinner. Johnny right. Football didn't see a penny of that, but None they're selling him. We, you know, we had talked in the past about the the uh, uh, the Fab Five and their jerseys. How mm-hmm. those guys couldn't get a penny of that. I mean, it's uh, we're not, and this is actually a win win because it would bring new money into the NCAA. They could certainly act as an agency. They could take a ten percent whatever cut. They could control the imaging. Uh, you know, there's certainly a solution here that is the that falls well into not only the right thing to do but a win win. But the, but and every school does that. Every university has that where they have um, things for different people or sponsors or you know friends of the program, boosters, whatever they're called, and they pay money to be able to come down and have dinner with the players. And then portion of the proceeds are, are to a foundation, or portion of the proceeds go wherever else they go, and you know go back to the athletic department. Every school does that. You know what I mean? And every and there's no problem with that. But for a player to be able to profit off of himself. Then there's the issue, and that shows the hypocrisy of the NCAA. You know what I mean? We talked about it before with the um, with the video games, right? Yeah. They, they it was so much where after Ed O'Bannon won that that case, and they was able to not be able to own your rights for for the rest of your life on the video game. The NCAA just discontinued the whole video game, so there's no more. <laughs> that they is said, amazing. Rather, to rather me. than pay the players a penny, we'll just kill the whole deal. We'll just not make kill anything. the whole thing. That's amazing to me. Yeah, you know, and we'll take this one quick step further because it's brought out a new element. Uh, Jamel Hill, uh, you know, now a uh, former ESPN writer now with The Atlantic, had just mm-hmm. written a piece on this, you know, this, uh, you know peripherally saying that, uh, you know, black athletes are being exploited by predominantly white universities uh-huh. and they should consider as a block supporting and going to historically black colleges and right. uh, to, as a way to what, take control of their image their their uh, you know their mojo however you know wh- right. however you want to say it mm-hmm. and uh you know so that's you know th- that's kind of another possible you know way for this thing can th- th- this thing can go well, it, it, it speaks to the bigger issue, which is the exploitation. Everybody keeps talking about the exploitation. The whole reason why Jamel Hill wrote that article was because of the, the constant exploitation. And, you know, with, with, with um, basketball and football being predominantly African-American, you know what I mean? So she took that side as African-Americans being being exploited in these sports. And that is just a, it's reality because that's that's the numbers. But it, it's it's um it's. It's something where people continue saying it, but it's like that the NCAA is going to do everything it possibly can to to ignore it. 
until it has absolutely no choice. But I think that that time is going to be coming soon because you have more and more people, you know what I mean, saying it as different as different players take different routes and start bypassing right. the NCAA completely, and that becomes successful. You know what I mean? Right now, you just have you know um, Lavar Ball's son doing it. You have you know Beasley, who was supposed to come to Syracuse, do it. You have a few here and there that are doing yep. it. Right when it becomes regular. Then they're going to be like, okay, now we finally have to change something. Well, and here's what you're going to see, that because that's a great point. You've got one and done at the NBA is about to be finished. So high school kids will be eligible to go into the pros again, I think, in 22, 2022. So that'll be a chunk. As you mentioned, you know, these kids finding alternative paths to the NBA that's not going through the colleges. You know, so I think at some point the NCAA is going to have to say, look, we got to compete better. We have to come up with some plans that will encourage players either to you know not just to come but to stay and uh, and make that difference yeah that's true and i think and i think this would actually be something that would and you made this point i thought it was a great point would incentivize players to stay longer if they were able to and, and it's not something where you know it, you know a lot of players would be able to benefit from that because you can do different things like dinners where you have sponsors who are going to pay to come there and you already we already have it anyway then you can have it have those and let them benefit the entire team do you know what I mean? You can combine the you can say that the 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 men's team and the women's team are going to have a joint dinner and we're going to have it and then you could have it come you know be a way there's many of things that you can do cuz I think all the time the first option is like well what about the the sports that don't have um, exactly. that, that demand. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and you'll, you may see that demand grow as players become more accessible. So we'll continue this one. Uh, we're going to come back after this on Centers of Attention. Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. We'll be back in a minute. This is Centers of Attention with Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. And we are back. Eton Thomas, I'm Danny Shays with Centers of Attention and... Uh, Etan, we're, uh, we'll, we'll kind of finish up here with the World Championships again. we got the NBA guys out there playing. And, and, and you know, we had touched on this, the risk of, of playing in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the NBA training camps opening in three or four weeks. You've got, uh, you know, injury risk. We talked about in the past. And, and this year, it's, uh, you know, people aren't getting off scot-free. You know, start Jason Tatum for the U.S. team out with a sprained ankle. And now we just found out that uh, uh, Rui Hachimura – you know, the number nine pick out of Gonzaga to the Washington Wizards. Uh, he's got a minor knee injury. They don't think it's anything serious, but he's been pulled from the tournament. Japan already uh, eliminated. And they said and the Wizards came in and said, sit him down. We're not taking any more risks. Yeah, and that's exactly why you have guys reluctant to be to play in it. That is exactly why. I mean, training camp is around the corner. It's like two or three weeks away, and you have guys going down with little injuries, and they might might not be major. While they might be minor injuries, Jason Tatum's ankle they said is not serious, but still, you don't want to come into training camp with an injury, whether it's serious or minor. So that's why guys are reluctant. Yeah, well, I mean, especially an ankle or or a knee; those things can nag you for months. Definitely. And uh, it's not like you can get it's not like a wrist where you can get off it, right? I mean, you know, ankle and knee, you're on that thing every step and uh so you're right. I mean, these these nagging things can really hang on. I mean, I remember Mark Cuban saying something about Dirk. He didn't really want him to play that much in it because he he was worried about how it's going to affect um him during the season. This especially as he started slowing down a little bit and getting a little older and then getting uh-huh. them little them little them little injuries and little back problems and knee problems and ankles. Those kind of, you know, take a lot of games off, you know, when you have the the through the course of an 82 game season. 
Yeah, and I remember talking to uh, uh, you know my old roommate Leo Routens was uh, you know now the TV guy for the uh, Raptors, and he would talk about the teams that signed a lot of European players. Whenever there was a World Cup coming up, the guys would actually dog it through the NBA season because they wanted to be ready for the World Championships. Because for them that was a big deal. You know, it's funny how it can uh, you know work both ways. And these so these tournaments definitely uh, uh, you know can definitely you know they're they're fun for everybody, but they can definitely get in the way. No question. No question. So, and uh, at least it's not like hockey, though, where the Olympics come up and they got to shut the season down because it's in the middle of the winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different, a whole different. Remember that? I mean, then, yeah. all, then everyone comes in out of shape because all the yeah. all the non-players were sitting on the couch for a month while they played the Olympics. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, That's but we'll true. watch. We got the Greek freak coming up for the next game. Q, uh, yeah. or sorry, let me USA against uh, Greece, right. and then uh, we'll. Root, root on the boys for the world championships. Sounds so, again, Etan Thomas and Danny Shea, centers of attention. We will see you Monday. Have a great weekend.